I'm going to start with uh, God's Word. It's always good to start with God's Word, right? Amen. Amen. Um, and just kind of setting the stage for this time of commissioning and, and, and the importance of the Word of God going forward through us. So if you have a, a Bible or Bible app, you want to turn to Romans chapter 10. I'm going to read through verses 11 through 17. We just kind of set the stage, and and, and, and I'm not going to be unpacking this like I normally would with, with, with a sermon on a Sunday morning. We're going to just capture some highlights in light of, of sending out these dear ones from us and, and considering what is our role and part in this as well. Starting at verse 11 in chapter 10 says this, For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him, Jesus, will not be put to shame. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then... Will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him on whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. They have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us. So, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. As we always come to the word, we need to go to the spirit of God to hear and our hearts to be open. So join me in prayer. Holy Spirit, we do ask for you to come upon us. Open our hearts as you light the the fire, as as you proverbially turn the light bulb on for us so we can not just hear, but see, see you particularly Jesus and respond in relationship, be changed by you as we encounter you, the word in your word. Spirit, come upon me as your servant. Come upon the service, Lord, in just a special way, Lord, that, that we don't just see the, the Omots, Armstrongs, and Katie Lee commission, but all of us commissioned by you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. As I mentioned here, I'm just going to walk through and do some highlights. In the first few verses here, uh, uh, in, in Romans 10, starting in verse 11, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. How many have been shamed in your life in some way, shape, or form? Man, many of us have been out, kicked out, rejected, put down. We've been told or reminded of our value and worth in various different ways that based on performance, looks, where we live, what our race, ethnicity is. But in him, there is no shame in Jesus Christ. He says, there is no distinction between Jew and Greek for they, the same Lord is Lord over all. The one Lord Jesus Christ is Lord over all. He is Savior of all. All. There, there isn't any, any outsiders to Jesus and his love. His love pursues 
all of us, you know, whatever distinctions may have been made and messages told to you in your life, Jesus erases that. And with his blood that he shed in your place for your sin, you're given a new name. You're given the name daughter. You're given the name son of the king. You're given the name loved. If Jesus, if God's work pursues us all, calls us all, is available to us all, then all of us who have been welcomed are called to do the same with others, to welcome and extend the same welcome we've received from God. This passage is specifically addressing the need to reach the Jews. The Jews were the people that God had chose to reveal himself to the whole world through, and they had rejected him. But God is not done. Even though they rejected him, he's still pursuit of them. You know, no matter what you've done in this life, no matter what's been done to you, God is in pursuit of you. He will have you. He loves you. That welcome of God, that pursuit with God's love for all of us, again, should, should, should stir in our hearts the same kind of welcome for all people. Amen. No restrictions. So the heart of God is that we all are brought back into this relationship of worship with him worship isn't something that we do in terms of a song that we sing worship is the way we live worship is a life oriented to god a life made alive because of god john piper has this comment about missions and the glory of god missions does not exist missions is not the ultimate goal of the church worship is missions exist because worship doesn't because people have not realized their created design and their purpose And that is a relationship with God that we find our fullness when we love God. Experiencing his love for us. And so, this role then, as we're stirred, the scriptures talk about here, how will people call on this Lord? How How will they believe upon him if they haven't heard him? There needs to be a preacher. There needs to be somebody talking about Jesus. There needs to be somebody who's excited, who's been touched by Jesus, and knows that they don't have just news. They got the good news. Do you have good news? Two people have good news. Do you have good news? Scriptures talk about the role of leadership within the body of Christ is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. The leaders equip the saints to do the work of ministry. Did you know that you're called a saint? You didn't need to do a miracle to be categorized as a saint. You see, because Jesus is the one who makes you holy. You're not holy. Jesus is holy. He makes you holy. Every member of God's family is a minister. If Jesus is in you, you are a minister. You got good news. And it's got to be shared. We got these great quotes here. 
There is only one church, and the responsibility for missionary work is universal. Every member a missionary. Did you ever consider that about yourself? You are a missionary. Mother, you're called to just walk across the street and talk to your neighbor and share with them the love of Jesus Christ. Go, go to that cubicle in your workplace. Whether that's in your school, and especially starts at home, it might be in your marriage, it might be with your parents, it might be with, with your siblings. Every member, every one of us is a missionary. We're called to bring the good news. You've got news, and it's good. As Paul ends the section, he says, faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. We must go. We must share. You see, if people are to believe, they've got to hear it. And God has chosen for people to hear the good news through you and through me. Check out this quote from Hudson Taylor. Oh, that's another good one here. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. Watch out. Stepping on toes. Just let this, this one sink in your hearts here real quick. Would that God would make hell so real to us that we cannot rest. Heaven so real that we must have men and women there. Christ so real that our supreme motive and aim shall be to make the man of sorrows, the man of joy, by the conversion to him of many. May we be moved. There's a, a, a term it's been used of many, many people who claim to be followers of Jesus called functional atheism. That we live as though there is no God. We live as though there is no heaven and there's no hell. There is no afterlife. There's nothing more than this life. We go about our day. We say we believe in Jesus Christ. We trust in him. But we have no sense of, 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 of care, of conviction, or urgency that our neighbors, our loved ones who don't know Jesus Christ, that they're going to spend eternity in hell. It's real. If we've trusted, if we believe that Jesus came and he died in our place, then, then hell isn't a fantasy. A hell isn't an abstract notion. It's reality. And too often we live, we live in such a way as if it doesn't exist at all. And we don't care that our loved ones, that our neighbors, that unreached people groups are going to suffer for eternity. God, move in our hearts. May we not be functional atheists. Do we believe? If God has saved us and we believe in what God has saved us from, wouldn't we want that same for others? So as much as I'm commissioning or we are commissioning the Omots, the Armstrongs, and Katie, this service is a reminder that we are all commissioned. We are all called. We are all sent. Because he, God, sent his son to you and me. 
Now, I want to speak specifically, Omots, Armstrongs, Katie. As we go, as you go, bringing the good news, you can't forget, you must never forget, we are first of all recipients of the good news. Paul said this, capturing the gospel. In 1 Timothy, he was a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus, might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who believe on him and receive eternal life. People are going, the, the message of the gospel isn't just for other people, it's for you. It's for you. And, and people are going to be drawn to Jesus in you, you being changed, you experiencing the love of God for you, his pursuit of you. And we can never lose sight. We don't minister. We're not missionaries. We don't give people something that we don't need ourselves. And it's not changing us ourselves because we're not in some way better. And so make it your priority, your first passion Let Jesus have you, the worst of sinners, and display his love and glory in your life. Amen? Amen? When it comes to formally commissioning, we see the early church in Acts 13. Send out missionaries. The first ones, if you will, being Paul and Barnabas. Says this. In the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger. Lucius of Cyrene and Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. And Saul, who would be called Paul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me. Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Go to the next slide. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. The Spirit of God speaks. The Spirit of God moves. And he puts a calling in people's hearts and lives. It's confirmed by the church family, by the body. And when we commission, we, we, we send them out in the power of the Holy Spirit and with our prayers. So three things I want to I uh, focus on is we send out these dear ones to us. We commit to pray. And not just praying this one time today, but ongoing prayer and support for them. We commit to care. They're going into, into spaces that are, that are going to be remote where they will be isolated. They'll be around a whole bunch of people. Many of you know this. You can be in a whole group and still be lonely, right? Our missionaries are in a unique place where they don't belong in any space. There's a loneliness that comes with it. We need to keep caring for them. They are our family, though they're not with us. So we're hearing more about that, how we can uh, continue to reach out to them through, through email, through, through social media, through, through other forms to continue to love and care them, for them. And finally, 
commit to the mission. We remember them well by continuing the mission here in their absence. You know, it was a set of, uh, uh, of, uh, of, world, of the world wars and the sacrifices that were made by soldiers. The phrase goes that some gave all, all gave some. Some are going to go abroad in missions and make significant sacrifices. But all of us give some. We're all part of the same mission. We encourage them by continuing the mission here. In our own faithfulness and fruitfulness. 